us be attentive. Brethren, before faith came, we were confined under the law, kept under restraint until faith should be revealed, so that the law was our custodian until Christ came, that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a custodian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no better than a slave, though he is the owner of all the estate. But he is under guardians and trustees until the date set by the Father. So with us, when we were children, we were slaves to the elemental spirits of the universe. But when the time had fully come, God sent forth his Son to redeem those who were under the law. So that we might receive a dawn Peace be to you, the reader. about your life, what you shall eat, or what you shall drink, or about your body, what you shall put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. 
Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add one cubit to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O men of little faith, therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows you need them all. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be yours as well. Peace be to you who proclaims the gospel. Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is in our midst. What a wonderful greeting that is. It's not something that's been a part of my tradition very long, but some people that I greatly respect um, do this, and what a wonderful thing to say. Christ is in our midst. And if we could truly take time to ponder that and kind of take that into our heart, it would be worth many sermons. Today's sermon is filled with a lot. Now I thought to myself, well, there's no Theology 101 today. There's no Articlesia or Sunday School Awards, and so I could just preach about it all. <laughs> but God is merciful. And as I was pondering the... Uh, the uh, gospel today, while there are many, many um, beautiful themes that could be touched on, to, to, to talk about them all or to try to expound on them all would be, um, would be a very long sermon. But I will list them for you so that you can go back and look at them. The eye is the lamp of the body. No one can serve two masters. You cannot serve God and mammon. Do not be anxious about your life. Oh, middle, oh, men of little faith, do not be anxious, for your Father knows you need what you need. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things shall be yours as well. Now, it may seem like a very small thing, um, but I would like to focus for just a few minutes on the very, very last verse. Seek ye first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be yours as well. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. It was a little song that I sang in high school youth groups and that I sang to my children almost every day as I was putting them to bed when they were small. 
Seek ye first the kingdom of God. It is an easy thing to pass over. But what does this mean for us? What does it mean to seek first the kingdom of God? Now I started today by saying Christ is in our midst. And Jesus started his ministry by saying the kingdom of God is in your midst. And he wasn't saying something very different. For when we are asked by Christ to seek first the kingdom of God and taking the things he told us in his gospel that what we are to seek first is Christ himself. Jesus Christ is the fullness of the kingdom of God. To seek the kingdom is to seek Christ himself. Jesus has revealed to us everything that we need to know about our God. The Holy Trinity, the Holy Spirit is given to us, sent to us by God the Father and Christ. And the Holy Spirit leads us to understand what is true about Christ. Because Christ, in His love demonstrated for us, reveals the fullness of the kingdom of God. Jesus also said the kingdom of God is within you. So, the word seek, to seek the kingdom, to seek Christ, implies that something is hidden. We don't seek things that are obvious or are right in front of us. To seek is to go look for. And in truth, the kingdom of God is, he, is really hidden in this world, sort of in two ways. One, if you walk down the street anywhere near us, I imagine, the kingdom of God is not obvious. There's nothing about our culture, there's nothing about this world that we're in that is encouraging us to think about the kingdom of God. In fact, the majority of people uh, would not have this on their list for things that they are seeking. Indeed, our society is doing as much as it can to hide the kingdom of God. And so the only way we can seek first the kingdom of God is to try to uncover this. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is within you. So it's hidden in another way. We encounter Christ, the one we are to seek first above all things. We encounter him in our hearts. But even this is difficult for us. Even our hearts are hidden from us because this world is asking us to pay attention to so many things. Our, our, our minds are full. Our minds are occupied. And seldom do we take time to think about our hearts and what God is doing there or God wishes to do there. In a sense, our hearts are hidden from us. And so to encounter the kingdom, to encounter Christ, we have to work very hard. We have to seek to enter in to our heart. In the epistle today, we read um, the, the, the line that is in every baptism service and that we sing on great feasts of the Lord. All who have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. When we were baptized, we put on Christ. We entered into a relationship with Him. He initiates our relationship. He calls us to Him. And yet, this is the beginning for us at our baptism to, to seek, to live out our relationship with Christ. 
I could go back and say, seek ye first the kingdom of God, really means follow Christ first. Explore, examine, develop your relationship with Christ that was begun at your baptism. This is our calling, to seek God first. Now some of you noticed that I brought out my well-worn book. Um, almost all the time, because I read Father Zacharias and Elder Sofroni so much, um, any gospel that I read it brings to mind some passage that I've read. And then I struggle to find it in the book. So please allow me to read this passage. Reminding you that to seek first the kingdom is to seek Christ in our heart, to follow Christ, to work out our salvation, and to, to enter in, in a, in, a, in, a, in a seeking way, our relationship with Christ. When we follow the Lord, we have only one care, to please Him and to thank Him in all we do. But we must first establish a true relationship. Each person's relationship with God is unique. God has created each person in such a way that his particular relationship with him, with his creator, will fulfill and perfect him. Our relationship with God is our relationship with God. He must therefore, that is we, must therefore make it our mission and our purpose to build a strong relationship with Christ. To be in constant dialogue with Him. And in doing this, all of our human relationships will derive strength from this relationship with God. And we will begin to see everything, every element of the world, in the light of our relationship with Christ. Of course, we're all doing that. This is the great challenge because our relationship with God is even hidden. It's hidden in our hearts and we have to seek it. We have to do something. We have to be active in pursuing our faith. You know, this is asking us and challenging us to have one care, to place Christ first in our lives, place the kingdom of God first in first place. Now, we have all made attempts to prioritize our lives. And in various lives, in a real practical sense, we have put certain things first. And while we know, seek ye first the kingdom of God, as a part of our mindset, is there, we seldom orient our lives in this way. We prioritize our lives, our, our, our careers. We prioritize our, our families. We prioritize our education. We prioritize building our retirement. We do all these things, and these become, that in our everyday life, that which we seek first. We forget our relationship with Christ. Well, we don't forget our relationship with Christ because we know we have certain things we should do because we identify with Christ, we call ourselves Christians. We know we have to reach out to Him, so that's why we're here. Today, you are seeking Christ, and you have come to the right place. St. Paul exhorts us to cast all of our cares on Him, for He cares for you. All of us have tried to orient our lives in various ways, and 
we've prioritized in ways, and to some extent we've been successful. We completed our education, we have careers, we have healthy families, um, maybe we even have a good retirement account. But yet, how often are we caught up in the anxiety of caring about our life and worrying about our life? Cast all your cares on Christ, for He cares for you. What would it be like if we all did that? What would it be like if we truly cast all our cares first on Christ? What if we did really seek the kingdom of God first before anything else? What if we really sought Christ first? We rearranged our whole life so there was nothing important in any day before Christ. I think we would be different people and we might be in a different parish and maybe a different city because God, through His love, would transform the world if we were all to do this. And yet, we need to make a beginning. We know we need to. And we've tried this and we try and we fail and we get caught up in the anxieties of the world. But how do we make a beginning? Because we are all unique in our life in Christ, our, our relationship with Him will, will be even if we prioritize it first, will be different for each person. The fathers of the church have told us, and Elder Sophroni especially, um, has emphasized that for Christians in this time, and in this place, in this world that we dwell in, in this culture, there are three things that we can especially do to uncover our hearts, to seek Christ first above all. And while I don't want to offer you a formula, God has loved us so much. And we do have this desire to to pour out our love to Him. Now, when I say God has loved us, He has done everything for our salvation. It's an ocean of His love. And yet, for Him to act in our lives, we must pour our little teaspoon of faith in. We must do something. We must seek And the very first thing and foremost thing that Elder Sophroni teaches in very simple, these three things. One is the liturgy. Devote yourselves to the liturgy. Give the liturgy your highest priority of your life. Jesus Christ is revealed and encountered here in a way that is far more... I don't even know the word I could use far more intensely. This is where we first encounter the kingdom of God in its fullness. We come to meet Christ here. We step out of the world. We lay aside our worldly cares that we might receive the King of all. This is where we come. But do we come seeking? Or do we come out of habit? Do we participate in the liturgy in a way where we are confidently expecting and anticipating with great hope that we are going to meet Christ? I know even in the liturgy I struggle with my own thoughts as I'm, as I'm doing the petitions. I'm thinking about this project or that project or these things that I've given my mind to during the week. But what if we were to set Christ first? As we came to church, we recognize that the liturgy is going to help us do this. If we can confidently anticipate His presence, Christ is in our midst. And He is here in an intimate and very personal way. 
I was talking to a friend of mine, and his son was watching, his young son was watching something on TV. He doesn't know exactly where he found it, but he, he came up to his dad and he says, Have you accepted Jesus into your heart, Dad? Which is kind of the evangelical church catchphrase. Have you accepted Jesus into your heart? And I loved um, the father's response. He says, son, I've done more than that. I accept his body into my body. Every liturgy. What we are doing in the liturgy is not some commemoration or is not some act. But we are receiving the kingdom into our bodies. We are uniting ourselves with Christ in a way that completely transcends our understanding of the event. And this is why it is not required that you all understand everything about this great mystery to receive. But this is what we should come with this in our mind as we approach the chalice that what is being placed in our mouth is the body of Christ broken and given for us. This is the liturgy. And if we put this first in our lives, we will be putting Christ first. Now, honestly, each of these could be its own sermon. But the second thing we should do, and I think that maybe many of us neglect, is the Word of Christ, the Holy Scriptures. St. Paul says to us, Let the Word of God dwell in you richly. But do we? We might read the Gospel and the Epistle and the Bulletin each week. We may even read the daily readings. But are we devoted to the words of Christ? Jesus Christ said, If you love me, you will obey me. But how can we obey him if if we don't know what he has told us? And if we knew once, if we read it once, that's not okay. Because we need to bring this all into our lives over and over again. Because the devil will snatch that word. And it will bear no fruit. We need to give first place to Christ. We need to seek first the kingdom of God. And we need to seek it in the scriptures. We need to prioritize that we will be in the word of God. Studying and listening. The passage that I read from you, from Father Zacharias, it says that we are to be in constant dialogue with Christ. Nurturing our relationship with constant dialogue. But one of the chief ways that God speaks to us is through His Word. And even after just walking around in the world, if we have spent time in the Word of God, Christ and the Holy Spirit will bring words of Scripture to mind. To know Him is to be in in His Word. And number three, to pray. Pray specifically in His name. To keep up that constant dialogue. To talk to Christ all the time. He is our best friend. And He is our God. And He is the one who knows us. And so we can stand before Him and we can pour out our hearts to Him. Every care, every anxiety, every worry, we should offer up to Him. We should pray to our God in the name of Christ. And when words fail us, or when we just have a sense that um, we don't need to say any words, we don't know what words to say, we say the name of Jesus over and over again. The church and the fathers have taught us. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy upon me, a sinner, is a very effective prayer at opening our hearts and revealing Christ working in us.
Our brothers and sisters in Christ, Jesus Christ is targeting our hearts. Whether we are seeking Him or not, He is seeking us. Jesus says in the book of Revelation, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. And I will dine with him and he with me. If we open the door of our heart to Christ, he will come in. And whether we are seeking him or not, we can be confident that he is seeking us. Let me read a short passage again. In the world to come, we will continue the relationship with our Savior, which we have built up in this life. We will be judged according to our love, according to each word of Christ contained in the Gospel. Just as he asked Peter after his resurrection, Do you love me? In the age to come, Christ will ask each of us the same question. And you, do you love me? And we too, who have tried to be faithful, will reply, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. But the strength and the boldness of our reply will depend entirely on the depth of our relationship with the person of Christ. Our Lord Jesus Christ suffered for us out of his great love for us. Everything we know of love is given to us by Christ. Every bit of love in this world is God's love. Whether the people involved know it or not. A relationship goes two ways. God is pouring out His life for us, and so we need to pour out our lives for Him. We can meet Him in the liturgy, we can study His Word, and we can pray. This is not a formula, but just things that we can do practically to express our love to Christ, to live for Him, to seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and make that the most important thing that we ever do. And I'll close with this. There's a story about St. Herman of Alaska. He was on a ship. He had gone out to the ship, um, a Russian naval vessel, and to, to advocate for the, the Aleuts, to garner some protection for them from the Russian fur traders. And while he was there, he was sitting at dinner on the ship with some officers. And he asked them, what do you love most? What is the most important thing? And this smallish group of officers went around one by one, and they all said, well... Some of the single ones said, well, their career was very, very important. That was what they, they loved most. Um, some of them said their families, their children. Some of them said their parents. Um, but various things. And as they all went around, um, St. Saint, Herman Saint says, but, but what about Christ? And of course, everybody all, of course, we all love Christ. Of course we love Christ. Yes, yes, that's the thing we love most. Christ, Yes. And St. Herman replies, And I, a sinner, have been trying to love God for more than 40 years and cannot say that I perfectly love Him. If we love someone, we always remember Him and try to please Him day and night. Our heart is occupied with that object. Is that how you, gentlemen, love God? Do you often turn to Him? Do you always remember Him? Do you always pray to Him? Do you always fulfill His holy commandments? 
for our good and for our happiness. At least let us make a vow that from this day, from this hour, from this minute, we shall strive to love God above all else and to fulfill His holy will. My brothers and sisters in Christ, let us not pass over this very short scripture which says, seek first the kingdom of God. Wait, let's take it into our hearts and let's vow from this day that we will strive, that we will seek first the kingdom and we will allow nothing to be placed above him. And then we will just see what the Lord will do and see how it will affect every relationship of our lives. We need God's help. May God help us in this. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.